0: Hey, Justin.
1: Hey, Cameron.
0: So, uh, we recorded an episode before Game 5, and a lot has happened since then, so let's just kind of, you know, set the tone for the episode and let people understand that, you know, a lot's happened. We're going to recap it at some point. We'll get uh, to it. We'll get to it in the next couple weeks, but I um, still think it's a good episode that talks about the playoffs in whole. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And Marvel stuff. which. And Marvel stuff. Because that's really important. Yeah, and we'll have uh, some recaps on that as well. So, um,
1: yeah. But, yeah, maybe maybe some things we talked about recorded before the Games 5 and 6 came true, and you'll be able to find that when you listen.
0: Sure. I mean, just a spoiler alert. One thing Justin said was <laughs> the winner of Game 5 would go on to win the series. And that's exactly how that shit went down. <laughs> so, and it's so, it's so funny because, you know, the game went to overtime, even if they had gotten it done in that overtime, I had no faith for Game Seven. It's like be rough. the team just already looked defeated, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, where they didn't have the it factor enough to overcome how good Dallas was playing. Definitely, them. that was the thing. That yeah, Game Six was good for the Predators but it just wasn't still enough Dallas was the better team and we'll, we'll dive more into it yeah but we just saw that so much that there's obviously gonna be some changes that'll be made and we'll see how that goes down because yeah coming up soon are the exit interview days for Laviolette and Poyle and the players so I know we'll have plenty to discuss after that too
0: yeah maybe we'll have some changes to talk about there will be <laughs> change gonna come <laughs> <laughs> all right well we'll talk about that when we're not on our lunch breaks yes so In uh, downtown Nashville yeah please enjoy the episode and thank you for listening southern hostility so we're gonna start start the show we're gonna
1: start the show oh my god please don't you're on my oops on my leather couch
0: we're gonna start the show a little bit differently today oh
1: geez you're speaking like martin jones plays hockey <laughs> all
0: right so we're gonna start the show a little bit differently today um One saying I've always had is, if you steal from me, you're stealing twice. So we're going to take a little bit of an idea from 31 Thoughts, but we're going to do it worse. Okay, Cameron, Uh, Gumpy, Justin Bradford. Yeah. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to do the whole word association (coughs) thing. They opened their show with it, and I thought it'd be interesting. And this is
1: raw. Like, you have not given me this list whatsoever. No, so
0: I'm going to give a subject. You're just going to give your quick little thoughts on it. Um, I'm going to start a little bit vague, and then we're going to tie it into the Predators as time goes on.
1: Oh, boy. Okay.
0: All right. Hit me. So first, we're NFL draft. Chaos. (laughs) Screw off. Get get off my lawn. So, like, just to give my little bit of feedback on that... Everyone at work, I work downtown, like right off of Broadway, and everybody's panicking about the 27th. Saturday the 27th. I got to get Saturday the 27th off. The draft starts on that (coughs) Thursday, and I don't think anybody in my building realizes it. Thursday's the big day. Yeah, Thursday's the big day. By the time Saturday rolls around, it's going to be people hanging out, but just like a a usual Saturday type. Yeah, I'm working from home Thursday and
1: Friday. I work downtown as well. My building's being used Mm -hmm. by the draft, so that's why I'm like, (laughs) I'm not coming in.
0: All right. So let's t- let's get
1: back into hockey sweep. <laughs> those are my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, just laughter, laughter, laughter. But you know what? Good for those two teams. Good for good for Columbus, especially. Yeah, what well, a way.
0: That was the next one, Columbus.
1: Uh, what a way to win your first ever playoff series is to do it in a sweep over the President's Trophy winner. That matched a record in wins with 62 the Tampa Bay Lightning. Fantastic. And then the New York Islanders, what a way for Barry Trotz as well to do that. That's two years now that he's taken out the Penguins. <laughs> Barry Trotz just has figured it out. Uh, without John Tavares, he made the Islanders into a, a, a playoff team, obviously, and they get past the first round. Love it. Love it. Yeah.
0: Well, that was the <clears> –
1: <throat> Was that the next one too? Barry Trotz, yeah. Jeez. I mean, he, he's proving that he can be a playoff coach. I know the, the word in Nashville before that he wasn't, but I think it's because of when we saw when, – when Barry Trotz was leaving, it was when the money was finally rolling in for the Predators too. So it's always the what if that there, the team was willing to spend more money to bring in more quality players or to sign the quality players that you have drafted and everything. Whereas Barry Trotz went into Washington, you have an Ovi, you have Backstrom, you have you know some quality players – then the Islanders, you have some good quality young talent there as well, and has turned them into a defensive type of team. But love what he's been able to do now two years in a row. And while I want the Hurricanes, I would love to see the Hurricanes win. And my bracket has Washington just because of the narrative.
0: <laughs> so um, the year Barry Trotz was not renewed. He wasn't necessarily fired, but just not right. brought back, which is it's all just the same thing. Inspired. Yeah. Uh, Predators lost the playoffs, missed the playoffs by three points to Dallas. So it'd be interesting to see what could have been <clears throat> if had that not happened. Cause David Poyle said at the time that's really what it came down to is missing yeah. the playoffs. Oh yeah. All right. Alex Ovechkin. <laughs>
1: uh goal scorer.
0: Mm-hmm. Pure
1: goal scorer, record setter. Um half naked in a fountain.
0: More spe- more specifically, I wanted to get into the big drama of the week was the fight.
1: Oh, I'm fine with it. Shveshnikov was whacking at him. They had a gentleman's agreement. You could see just on the replay that they talked about it, and both guys dropped those at the same time. And when you're fighting, you don't take it easy. You're defending yourself. So Ovi laid some big hits on the, on the kid because the kid asked for it. The kid asked to fight as well as Ovechkin and agreed to fight. So the way that I see it as... Ovechkin won. If it went the other way, we'd be talking about how, oh man, Ovi got taken up by a kid, right? Hate that Shveshnikov got hurt. Absolutely hate it, the way he fell and everything like that. Ovechkin did nothing wrong. He defended himself, he stood up for himself, he fought because he was agreed to fight that Shveshnikov wanted to. And they've been whacking each other all all series, and even during the regular season as well. It was just one of those moments, and, and you hate to see it happen, but as a true moment that I'm okay with in hockey still being there, I don't want stage fights. I don't want fighting for the sake of fighting. They both did it. They've been, they had something they had to get out of their system. And that's just what it was uh, mm-hmm. to me. Again, hate the, that Syveshnikov got hurt on that play, but he agreed to it. It was an agreement that was made, and that's that's the way it was.
0: Definitely. And the way I feel about that whole thing is Ovechkin's not the reason fighting is in the game. No. So. I'm not going to be mad at Ovechkin about what happened. Do I think that type of thing should be allowed anymore? In my opinion, no. I don't think there's a place for fighting in any sports. The one way I heard it put was if we were, if let's pretend the NHL never existed and we're going to start fresh with all the knowledge we have now. Are you going to allow fighting in the, in your hockey league? No.
1: It, you know what? With,
0: with the concussion knowledge we have now and all of that, nobody's going to allow fighting in that nobody's game. Nobody's
1: going to allow fighting. But then again, you have sports like MMA. Yeah. Where the whole point of it is you're fighting. And so it, it depends on how you want the sport to be. Me, the way I see it is that we're naturally seeing fighting go down,
0: mm-hmm. which is
1: perfect. Yeah. Where you hardly ever see it in the playoffs, especially because you have so much to play for. Mm-hmm. As well. You see the role of the enforcer going down, as it should be, because it's a skill game, it's a speed game, and unless you can offer offense, you don't belong on the ice. We, we see that already with the predators. And great recording McLeod to be in the locker room, to be with his family, have the presence there, but he's not playing for a reason. Um so I'm I'm glad that to see that it's naturally going down. But I would not want to just fully ban it because the way I see it is you could that could lead to more dirty style hits during the game because there's nothing, no repercussions if officials miss it. That's my, that's my reasoning behind it, is that you might see more knee-on-knee. Knee. You might see someone elbowing to the head a little bit, trying to sneak things, sneak things with their stick. But I'm, I love that it's going down naturally. That means the players are policing themselves to say, we don't need this. And there's little post-game scuffles, whatever, things like that that happen. But I love the trend that it's going down because it needs to. It should only be that really obscure moment to me. So yeah, that's just that's just my take on it. And I see the people that want to ban it for the concussion <laughs> issues and everything like that too. I don't want to see it to where it becomes the kind of thing to where you see it start ticking back up again. Mm-hmm. But as long as the officials call games consistently and consistently well, <laughs> then we shouldn't see it tick up at all.
0: Okay. And now, we spent a lot of time on that. Yeah. Let's circle back <clears throat> to the predators. This one's for Pred's Facebook. Starting goaltender.
1: Oh, F off people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh well maybe we should have like a
1: goalie rotation in the playoffs or something. That's not how it works, you dumbass. What what team has had a goaltender rotation and done successful in the playoffs? A rotation. Not that someone was doing poorly and you had to put your backup in, but a rotation. That's not how it works. Well, I know hockey. No, you obviously don't if that's what you're saying. Does serve deserve a playoff start? Not right now, no. No, no, that's just not how it works, you idiots.
0: Hostility. (laughs) If the Predators, like if if Saros had kept, if he had allowed no goals when he went into that game and the Predators come roaring back, maybe you start having conversations about, well, the way the team is playing, we got to ride the hot hand, maybe. 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 But... That's not how that went down at all. I think you just uh, call it a mulligan, move on to the next day, and see how it goes. That's
1: not how this works. That's not how any of it works.
0: <laughs> um, <clears throat> Simmons and Boyle. Let's go there.
1: Still like the trade for 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 Boyle. Mm-hmm. Simmons is obviously an overpay right now because of performance. and Nothing to do with the injury or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Boyle... In terms of what he's provided when he when healthy and he skated, uh, this being Friday, he did skate with the team, which in full practice, which when they said week to week with an appendix procedure, thinking, oh, week to week. No, it's actually day to day and he might play because, I mean, he's a hockey player. Uh, And I'm assuming doctors clear him to play as well. Mm -hmm. But what Boyle provides is a lot more in terms of, I think, leadership. Um, He's scored goals, he scored some timely goals. And he is a big body in front of the net. Whenever he's on the ice, he does find his way to the net. So I like that. Simmons, um, (sighs) I wish he would have been able to do more with the team. But I think most people already saw the downward trend with him. And if anything, the good side is that they only gave up uh, an RFA. Like Ryan Hartman is going to be a restricted free agent. Uh, It's not like they gave away a prospect or anything like that. And if anything, too, it was a... It was a prove-it contract for Ryan Hartman, and he did okay. I don't think he got the just time that he deserved sometimes, the opportunities he deserved. But I think, based on what the Predators are seeing, this is not my assessment, but they're probably seeing that they did not see a future future with, with Ryan Hartman. Sure. So.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Simmons may have been an overpay, but it was an overpay the Predators could afford. Like, right. Like you were factoring in with um, Colton Sisson's contract coming up. Mm-hmm. There's a few <clears throat> RFAs they have to take a look at, although they got rid of two of them, you know. Right, there really isn't much in terms of
1: free agents. Uh, the big thing for the Predators is Matt Duchesne <laughs> 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 this summer, and, and the good thing is they, they kept their first-round pick.
0: Yeah. Okay, um, let's talk about P.K. Subban. It's just like my initial thought on P.K. Subban? Yeah, just like how he's doing. Like, give Stop
1: us a- bitching about P.K. Subban. He's one of the most elite defensemen in this league, and y'all keep bitching about it. If you look at the numbers, you look at what he provides, especially in the playoffs, he is the elite defenseman that this team needs. And I don't care if you hate that he showboats, or I hate that he over-celebrates, or hate that he does things on TV, or hate that he dates Lindsey Von. F off. Go F yourself. I don't care. You want to have a team that has elite defensemen or not. Does it mean every single game they're going to be on point? No. Tell me a team that is. If you say Tampa Bay Lightning, then let's look where they're at in the playoffs right now. Okay? P.K. Subban provides so much for this team that people don't even recognize because they choose not to recognize it. Whether it's underlying issues, whether it's they just miss Shea Weber because of my Weber, (laughs) or if it's just other things that they don't like because they're a quote-unquote traditional hockey fan— I don't care. He is fantastic. He is a great defenseman, and he is one of the few in this series with the stars that is in playing the way he's supposed to be playing in the playoffs, by like kicking it up a notch.
0: That was going to be my question. Like, out of everybody on the team, who's doing better than PK right now? There's probably not a lot.
1: I mean, aside from game four, Pecorine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and like Rocco Grimaldi. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, but really, when you come to PK Suman is playing his role so, so well. And he's being frustrating out there as well. He's going to get on the pill hair skinny. He's obviously doing that too.
0: Yeah, and we all hear the complaints about PK Subin. For some reason, he's held to a higher standard by the fan base than a lot of other Dumb. people. Honestly, not just our fan base, most fan bases. But anyway, um, what are your thoughts going into game five? Going into game five.
1: Whoever wins game five wins the series. I don't want to say it's because of momentum. I just want to say it's the, it's a turning point because it means a certain team has figured it out. If the Predators are able to respond to that god-awful showing in Game 4, it means they figured things out and they're able to respond. If Dallas goes and wins, it means they have the Predators figure out and they're most likely going to win the series. Now, I'm not saying that's my call. I'm saying those are the reasons why. Because if you are in a pivotal game to put the other team on the edge of elimination, usually you have... Yes, momentum, whether you believe in momentum or not. But it means you're figuring things out as a team yourself and you're able to perform and able to win. The Predators squeaked out those two wins that they have in the series up to Game 5. They squeaked them out. One is in overtime. The other one, they're actually outperformed by the Dallas Stars. And they, they got it done. Which, good teams find ways to win. But good teams don't get trounced like they did in Game 4 in the playoffs. They just, they just don't. So they got to figure that out. There's so much that they have to figure out. And hopefully they do uh, for the sake of the team, for the sake of the fan base. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see.
0: All right. Well, that's the end of the the list. So we can ah. go into other topics. All right. Thanks for
1: your permission. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's circle back around because we want to get a little more in-depth of on the sweeps. I mean, the big story right now is Columbus. That seems to be overshadowing the Penguins completely, which I think is good for them. But <laughs> what does this mean to that Penguins team? Well, based on
1: Twitter reactions, there are a lot of people. <laughs> this is this Phil Kessel's last game for the Pittsburgh Penguins? Is was this Evgeny Malkin's last game for the Pittsburgh Penguins? Should they trade Chris Letang? I mean, they're all about that right now. And I think it's one of those things that Pittsburgh is nearing minor rebuild. They they got their cups. They they were a championship team. They're getting older overall. It's kind of like Chicago who had a very bad year last year. But this year, they're fairly competitive, even given the salary cap situations, things like that. I think that's what Pittsburgh's starting to experience a little now. So I would not be surprised to see them make a few moves in the offseason. Not huge moves, but just to clear up a little bit to make sure you get your prospects some time to come in. And, and not, I do I want to say rebuild, because rebuild has such negative connotations, but they're going to... <laughs>
0: Reevaluate.
1: Reevaluate on the fly. Yeah. Uh, On the fly, which is okay. And good general managers are able to do that. And we'll we'll see what happens there.
0: What a big story that loss is on any other playoff. Like without Tampa overshadowing completely. Two sweeps in one day. One day, yes. who
1: sweeps in one day? So, like,
0: you had a day for news to break. Everybody's going,
1: "Uh, which one do we talked about?" <laughs> <laughs> These two epic ones when you think about it. Because Pittsburgh getting swept in the first round is a big deal because it's Pittsburgh, yeah. And Tampa Bay record-setting Presidents Trophy winner getting swept in the first round. Hey, at least Nashville made it to Game Seven in the second round against the second best team in the league. I don't want to call it a choke job. It's you went to Game Seven against the second best team in the league in the second round, yeah. and that's just, a, just the way the cookie crumbled last yeah. season. Yeah.
0: I think the real choke job is going to the Western Conference Final and only winning one game. but That would be the bigger choke job, yes. In, and, in my opinion. And last
1: year, no one was getting past Vegas. In the no, I don't think so. so they were a team of destiny.
0: <clears throat> and I think that's just the way it went because Nashville and Winnipeg kind of beat each other into nothingness.
1: Well, and Winnipeg, you could tell. They built their team, and their whole mindset was, we're beating Nashville. Because after they beat Nashville yeah they beat Nashville so they had that bragging point that's about all they did Mm -hmm. was beat Nashville but yeah and then the sweep Columbus if anything (laughs) that saves Kekalina's job as the general manager going all in like that now it makes you wonder well now they see what this team can be like with all these different pieces are they going to be able to sign any of them can they keep any of them would Bobrovsky and Panarin stay would Matt Duchesne would Ryan Dezingle stay I mean, they have some great pieces. Seth Jones has been fantastic uh, for that club. I mean, he's going to win the he's going to be nominated for the Norris Trophy probably next season. Yeah, or you know, multiple seasons after that. He is an elite. He's turned into an elite defenseman. So they have the pieces there to win. But now, is it all of a sudden where they're just going to have to lose everybody, have to fully restock and rebuild? Not even on the fly. But that's a rebuild almost when you trade away all those picks. Yeah, as well. It's going to be really tough. But good for Columbus. Good for that fan base. They finally get a, a playoff series win, and they do it in historical fashion. And Tampa, boy, the 95-96 the Red Wings are breathing in a sigh of relief since you now have that are going to get talked about for getting swept in the first round for being a team like that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> even with everything Columbus gave up, like <clears throat> they won the first playoff series in franchise history. It was worth it for mm-hmm. most fans. Oh, yeah. So regardless of what takes place. They made the playoffs. That was a
1: big deal enough because they were on the cusp of not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, Bobrovsky having like his first successful playoff series is interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One thing I thought was interesting about the Penguins series was um, every time, like, I only had it on briefly, but, like, the Penguins would score, and then the Islanders would come back right back and score. Oh, yeah. And that was just locked in, shut down for the rest of the game for as so much as I watched, at least.
1: And the, the Islanders did a great job of getting under Pittsburgh's skin,
0: and they shut down the Stars.
1: I mean, they, they shut down Sidney Crosby. hmm Shut him down. And then Barry Trotz, even after was still was getting on the fans. Yeah, you know, it was a pretty good first and third. We need you there in the second period, though. I mean, he was <laughs> evaluating and critiquing the fans, and so they responded. <laughs> so that's that's what's fantastic about that. But the thing I hate, though, is the rest of the playoffs for the Islanders is not going to be at the Coliseum. They're going yeah. back to Brooklyn. It's like you are teasing that fan base so much that it is hard for them to get... I mean, it's over an hour commute. Yeah. Just to get down to Brooklyn from Long Island. Because that's where the fans are. The fans are in Long Island. And you're taking yeah. it away from them after that. That was the special factor. It was special to be there at the Coliseum for those fans mm-hmm. there. to And to win. And, and to do all that in the first round. When it was talked about, oh, what's, what are Islanders going to do now without John Tavares? Well, they did it. Yeah. And who knows how the Toronto series is going to end. They couldn't end up making it farther than Toronto in the playoffs. Yeah. And what a story that would be. Yeah. Or if they face each other at some point, that'd be interesting as well. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Can you imagine? That's going to be a lot
0: of jerseys on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about you. You made it down to Dallas for game two, three. Yeah. Game three. I know how. Yeah. Thanks to our awesome sponsors.
1: Had some people step up and help me, help send me there. Landry, the dog, the the only talking dog in hockey is ah. National Knockerball and the Hendersonville Hat Tricks, an inline team, yeah. which is awesome up there in Hendersonville. They're skating inline, and they go and compete all across the region, and they have multiple age groups there, too. So if you're in that area and you're looking to you know participate in hockey, but maybe ice is too expensive or it's, it's hard to do that, they have inline up there, and they have those rinks. So it's very important to take care of that.
0: They have an adult league up there. I believe they do. Yeah, I need to look into you that. You need to. I mean, that's how you started, right?
1: Yeah. See? Do it. But yeah, in yeah. Dallas. Game three. Um, it was a interesting travel day. I was on the same flights with Joe Rexrode, the columnist from the Tennessean. Okay. And we're, were originally we're flying through St. Louis to get to Dallas just because that was the more affordable flight mm-hmm. because last minute we all perched you know a week before the a week before the game because that's when the opponent was decided and the whole schedule and everything so we're supposed to leave and arrive we're supposed to arrive in Dallas at 11:10 at night so Sunday evening is when we're supposed to arrive
0: mm-hmm.
1: our flights keep getting delayed the original flight from Nashville to St. Louis gets delayed First, it gets delayed, apparently, because the plane coming in was going to be our flight, uh, had trouble restraining uh, emotional support cat.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: emotional support cat? Is that an improv troupe? <laughs> I'm what we were told by the flight attendants <laughs> is that it's delayed about 20-25 minutes to restrain the emotional support cat. Obviously, not providing much support if it was going nuts. It reminds yeah. me of the YouTube video that went viral of the guy trying to talk about the cat that's on a leash, and all of a sudden it claws deep <laughs> into his jeans starts wrapping itself around him. That video. Pinky? Pinky, yes! <laughs> that one. Yeah. That one. Uh, then, then it got delayed again when we we're already on the plane, we're boarded. We have to wait another 30 some odd minutes because of an oil filter. thing has to get changed yeah. by the plane. So, luckily... But playing from St. Louis was already getting delayed as well because everything through Chicago is getting delayed because of winter weather. Winter weather. Middle of April. Wonderful. Winter weather. So we land in St. Louis. We were only supposed to have about 30 minutes between flights. Land. I am. We have to go from gate 4 to gate 31. I'm booking it because I don't know if it's already in the boarding phase or not. Joe had pulled his back the night before. So he's like shuffling along. He's like, Go! Leave me! It's okay! You go get your seat, man! I'll I'll make it! Like, he's scooting along when when your back's out. You shuffle a little bit? You can't run or walk fast?
0: Now, (laughs) when you have a layover, do you have, like, a normal routine? Because usually, like, I'll go grab a drink at the, like, Hudson Newsstand, or maybe I'll grab some food. Do you have anything like, okay, during my layover, I need to accomplish this? Pee. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah,
1: that is the big thing for me. Well, it was only supposed to be thirty minutes, and you know Southwest, you start boarding about twenty minutes before the scheduled departure. That's mm-hmm. why I'm booking it because I had to go thirty gates, yeah, as well. And these are spread out gates. You have to go like to a new part of the terminal as well, where you're like it ends at twenty eight. You're going, oh, it's got a thirty gonna be right here. Nope, you got to go down this hallway and keep going. Yeah. I get there and everybody's just still sitting still. Nothing's happening. I'm like, oh, so I have some time. So if I got delayed again. Mm -hmm. So I was able to go to the bathroom, I went and got a drink, because that's one of those things I do, is I tend to get something to drink.
0: What did did you get to drink?
1: uh, I got a Sprite. Okay. Um, Sometimes I'll get a chocolate milk, Okay. or ginger ale, or something like that. Nothing with caffeine, usually. Caffeine and flying, for me, don't tend to...
0: Really? Just for
1: some reason. And then, when I'm flying, I always get a ginger ale. That's what I usually get on the flight. Or if I have a coupon, I'm getting... Um, alcohol. Uh,
0: <laughs> what, what's your alcoholic beverage of choice on a flight? If it's morning,
1: it's it's a, um, Irish coffee. Okay. And then if it is regular time of day, it's usually like a rum and coke or jack and coke. Gotcha.
0: You ever go for the Zima?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> Zima. <laughs> Anyways, land in Dallas at 1240 in the morning on Monday, the day of the game. Yeah. Okay, and I'm standing at the Doubletree, which is at the very edge of the airport. So it's an airport hotel, basically, right Mm -hmm. there at the entrance to the airport. So I call, there's supposed to be a free shuttle. They go, okay, yeah, shuttle driver, let him know. He'll be there shortly. And I'm thinking, it's just down the street. I'm the (laughs) only one waiting for the shuttle. It should take at most five minutes.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I wait 20. Awesome. thinking, well, maybe they're making rounds or something like that. I call back, and the front desk person, I'm so glad you called. The shuttle driver hasn't arrived yet could you take a taxi or an Uber and we'll just reimburse you? No, I'm like, no. I really am glad I called. So I get a taxi, because I figured it would take for, it's going to take longer to get a lift or an Uber. And in terms of receipt, I can actually get a receipt printed from a taxi sure. driver. It's $15. Awesome. <laughs> to go half a mile. Because <laughs> usually, the, like, to Dallas, everything's spread out. But it's like, flat fee, $29 to downtown. Yeah. $29 to downtown from
0: the airport. So... And, So, Uh, just for the record, Uh taxis get ticked off at Uber and Lyft. Uh Uh-huh. Why? Like, you've priced yourselves out of Uh the business. Uh Uh-huh. Like, nobody wants you anymore. (laughs) Not only is it cumbersome to have to, like, get on the phone and call a taxi or wave one down or anything like that. Oh, I could just hit a button on my phone and someone will be right here. Like, you've just made it so difficult for yourselves that you've been eliminated from the market. So, more problems. I get in and he starts driving and I'm looking because usually there's a machine that hangs in the back of it. Oh, here. Uh Uh-oh, what? Let me guess. The card machine didn't work and he only takes cash. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes! Every taxi I've ever ridden in, it's got all the stickers on the little window. We take Visa, we take MasterCard, we take American Express, we take some cards you've never even heard of, Uh and then you sit down and they're like, oh yeah, come on, let's go, and then you drive however Uh long you need to drive, and then they're like, no, cash only. It's like, okay, (laughs) what are you talking about, cash only? All the ones I ever took in Vegas did have the swipe machine, chip card reader, everything. They're fine, I think because they're
1: regulated better. Mm-hmm. But this one, I'm like, man, I only have a five on me. And I was meant for, like, a tip for the shuttle driver. That's all I have. He goes, oh. Like, and then he keeps driving. Cause he's like, I'll get you there. I'll get you there. I just need to go home.
0: Okay. And follow-up question. Uh-huh. Did the card reader magically start working again? No. Oh, okay. No. Because usually like, that's what happens no. next. He said the whole system was just down. So
1: <laughs> what, what he had to do next, <laughs> He pulling in. He's like. I have the old school swiper.
0: <laughs> he had it in his glove box. The sh- sh- carbon copy one. <laughs> like from the bad Home Alone or yes. like the montage in uh, Mighty Ducks when they're getting all the pads. Yes. Yeah. So I have my receipt. I can't.
1: I've been checking my account to make sure. But I had to go old school. That's just her getting to Dallas. Okay, I will spend like ten minutes saying how I get to Dallas. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> uh, next morning get to Dallas. Go, morning skate and everything. Where the bomb hits of oh, appendix procedure for Brian Boyle and Wayne Simmons out week to week. Or like Bobby Lut just got done talking. This is what you hit us with. So there's that. Get story posted. Go and get some awesome ramen with National Symphony's assistant principal trombonist Derek Hawks, who was in Dallas to perform in his sister's recital, but he's also a stars fan because he grew up in Dallas. Nice. So he's talking shit to me the the whole time. Yeah. Awesome ramen. This place called 10, which is stand-up only. Only like 10 people can fit in the restaurant. It is fantastic. Eat there, go back to the hotel, get to the the arena. And this is what I love about Dallas. For media, your meal's included like before the game. Mm -hmm. Not the snacks, but the actual media meal, which was Texas brisket and um, pineapple chicken Green beans, baked beans, a salad bar, a Sunday bar, peach cobbler, all the different fixings for that, brownies, cookies, fresh fruit, all these different kinds of things. That's just the meal. Then get upstairs and during intermission they come out with nutty buddies and ice cream sandwiches and chicken fingers with, two, with three different sauces. Then they have like the pretzels, they have your bar mix and everything, and post game, which is what's awesome. Well, one of the Preds won, so that helped a lot, too, with getting lots of interviews. Post-game, they have a bucket full of beer. It's Bud and Miller, and people are going, oh, Bud and Miller, it's free. Shut up. So I grab a can of Miller Lite, and I go and do my post-game while drinking beer in the press box, because it was provided. And then I don't get out of the arena until a little after 1.15 in the morning. I get to the back to the hotel. I'm asleep at around 2 a.m. I get up at 5.15 a.m., to you fly back home from my, with my flight to Nashville, land in Nashville at 9, go right back to day job work. Awesome. I was in Dallas for all of 29 hours.
0: Awesome. So, now, fun trip, though. Speaking about media meals in Dallas, I think I remember seeing tweets about them serving Whataburger one time, which is super oh, impressive.
1: Man. Oh, yeah. I did have that. Yeah. Excuse me, and I had that for breakfast at the airport.
0: Nice. So, when you went to Whataburger for breakfast, did you get Whataburger breakfast, or did you get just, oh, yeah. like, yeah, whatever uh, you what wanted. I was told
1: was to get the honey butter chicken biscuit. That sounds lovely. It was delicious. Yeah. They also have... Is that on a Texas toast? No, it's, it's on a... That's why well, it's called a biscuit. Oh, it's a biscuit. You said biscuits, huh? <laughs> right. But the honey butter is, like, yeah. drenched in it, man. Gotcha. It's, like, coating the chicken. But I got this... Th- I got basically... they call it taquito... Mm-hmm. And it was egg, cheese, and bacon. It's a breakfast burrito. When you think taquito, you think the things at the gas station, or whatever yeah. you do where it's small like flanges or something shell, to yeah, crunchy. Yeah. No, this is a breakfast burrito, and they call it a taquito. I'm like, this is good, but it's not a taquito. This is a lot of no. food, and I got to eat it because I paid for it.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's there, <laughs> so I need to
0: eat it. <laughs> It was huge. I think we've all been there where we, like, underestimate our appetite yeah. and we're like, oh, God, I have to finish.
1: Yeah. I paid for this. So, anyways, that was my trip to Dallas. It was a lot of fun. Happy to go and cover the game for Prince fans. And dear God, I'm glad I wasn't there for game four.
0: <clears throat> yeah.
1: Post-game interviews would have been, like, three minutes long of footage, and that would have been yeah. mostly me talking and introducing
0: clips of five seconds. Yep. <laughs> it would have been, like, interviewing me. Like, <laughs> just, like... Uh, yes. Movie great. (laughs) Uh, we gotta get pucks pucks in deep, you know, uh, full 60, 200 foot game. We got, we got to win those board battles just a little bit more, you know, you know, just the usual (laughs) dirty areas. Uh, just do what we can out
1: there. You don't got to play our game. We play our game. We're
0: going to win. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Yes. Um, you wanted to talk about Steve Iserman going up to Detroit. Oh, I'm
1: so happy. I'm so happy. So for those of you that don't know, I did grow up a Red Wings fan. Yes, boomy. Uh, but I, I made the switch over and especially you know cheering for the Preds when I was still just a fan in, in high school and college and everything. And then obviously covering the team now, too. Um, but Steve Iserman was what is my sports idol. Just because the, the type of leadership on the ice, what he provided there and everything too, Um and kind of of a soft, soft-spoken guy, but he got a lot done and accomplished plenty in his career. And hell, look what he did with Tampa Bay, building that team up overall. To see what he's done with drafting and developing players. So when I saw the news that Stevie Y was coming home to Detroit, I got I got excited just because it's fun news. Detroit's been down and out for a few years now. I'm excited to see what he does with that team to not waste the talent of Dylan Larkin, getting, getting going to enter his prime in the next couple of years as well. And to see what he can do there, too. And it was funny how they promoted, quote-unquote, Ken Holland.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you've been promoted to customer. <laughs> yeah,
1: you've been promoted, but you don't make the decisions. Um, so basically, it's basically like an advisory role is what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, but good for Steve Eisman. I'm very excited for him to be back home. And holy moly, this, the city of Detroit and Detroit Red Wings fans and everybody in the area that's got to be huge news just for fans of a team that, yes, that they had plenty of great seasons, the playoff streak, multiple Stanley Cups, things like that, but been down and out. Now they have something to cheer for and to be excited about. And Steve Eisman, I saw the interview that he had with Fox Sports Detroit today as well, and it's good for him to be back home because of his family. It was a long commute to Tampa from Detroit. <laughs> yeah. His family stayed in Michigan and everything, so very excited about that news. Uh, see, see what he can do up there.
0: Um. I'm not sure what that roster looks like at this point, but last I heard, like, he doesn't have a whole lot of wiggle room. What do you think the game plan is for somebody going into a job like that? See what you can trade at the draft. I have a very – I'm, go, I'm, I'm going to be at the
1: draft in Vancouver, so I'm going to be very curious to see what Detroit does, tries to do to move some things because I think with Steve Eisenman in charge, you might have some some free agents that might have interest in playing there. Just because it's the Detroit name and everything, and we're talking like maybe older veterans that might be really good and take a smaller contract to help mentor younger guys as well. But obviously, drafting is going to be very important. So I would see what happens with like a Cronwall, what's going to happen with him. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a couple different contracts there too, but I mean, they they got rid of the the Nyquist
0: contract. They had a pretty good trade deadline this year.
1: They did, they they, they did, and Nyquist is in San Jose. Mm -hmm. Uh, now. So it'd be interesting to see. So he he doesn't have much wiggle room in terms of cap, um, but I think if there's anybody that can pull something off,
0: people will be willing to listen to Steve Eisman on the phone too. No. All right, Let's talk about in-game theories. Okay, and folks,
1: these are theories. Obviously, we're recording this a week before the premiere, so these are our theories.
0: These are not spoilers. Sure. So... (laughs) I just want to put that out there. What do you think happens first? Does Ant-Man go up Thanos' ass? Oh, God. Or does he enlarge himself and stick Thanos up his own ass? <laughs> <laughs> um, Probably the first
1: one. <laughs> no. Uh, no, so a couple of my theories... Just and I hate basing anything on the trailers because with the Russo brothers, they've already basically said don't believe anything you see. Yeah, which they've done a great job of teasing this movie without us knowing a damn thing, which
0: I love. Even the actors don't know a whole lot because, like, they get different scripts and they only get partial scripts and they get a lot of times they'll have them shoot stuff that's never going to be in the movie and is complete, completely fabricated. Yeah.
1: Um, So one of my things is I think the Avengers very early in the movie go back and try to take on thanos again and they get their asses kicked
0: again Mm -hmm. yeah
1: and when that happens that's when it clicks in that they have to try a different way something else has to happen for them to win and that's when i think the time jump happens yeah that's my theory i'm going with i'm telling everybody it's pretty
0: much established they're going to the quantum realm yes because they're all in that same matching outfit And like the first thing that came out about those outfits was the toys and they Mm -hmm. looked horrible Mm -hmm. because it looked like Power Rangers. Yep. It looked terrible, but we'll see how it turns out. But that's,
1: that's, that's what I think is that the first thing that's going to happen is that, Mm -hmm. um, it looks like Tony finds his way back to earth unless they're just screwing with us, Mm -hmm. Tony and Nebula
0: well, they did that with the trailers before because yeah. they showed Hulk uh, Wakanda yep, exactly. at Wakanda and that didn't happen. And there's been things, too, where they've done with these trailers where they've actually,
1: you can, like, like, spacing issues because they actually wipe out a character in a certain scene. And that's what people are trying to establish now with certain scenes. Like, well, there's an extra space between this person and this person that doesn't look right because one person should probably be standing right here in this frame, but yeah. not. And, like, everybody analyzing these trailers, but... The Russo brothers are fantastic about that and about teasing people because that's what this movie should be. You don't know going in. That's the fun of it. Three hours of butt-clenching Thanos. Fun. <laughs> this is what I want. An emotional fun. And I've already, I've already told Alex, It's like, you better be ready to deal with emotional me for another 30 <laughs> minutes after <laughs> the movie because this is going to be a ride that I've been waiting a decade to mm-hmm. find out from, but uh, in terms of theories as well, before we get to character deaths, potentially, mm-hmm. do you have any theories in terms of beginning or, or something like that with the movie? Like I did,
0: um, I think you're probably right with that. That they try and take down Thanos and lose, um, again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's possible that Thanos has excluded himself to such a level he gets cocky and doesn't consider that like ever anybody ever finding him like you know you basically mortally wounded the entire universe Mm -hmm. like there's no bouncing back from that you know i could see him just being so egotistical that you know there's no other option well it's also one in like how many millions according to dr strange
1: Um, over 4 billion.
0: Yeah. So you'd assume Thanos has similar information since he has the time stone. So he's probably thinking like, well, that never going to happen.
1: Yeah. That one, that one way.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, no. Yeah. And with the way they've teased it too, there could be some, there could be plenty of time traveling with these characters going back to the original movies because they've shown some different scenes or they could be even using stuff that wasn't used in these other movies. Mm -hmm. Who knows what they're going to do there too. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be blown away. Now, character deaths. Obviously, Marvel, in terms of character deaths, you haven't seen many heroes. We saw Quicksilver get it in Age of Ultron, but he was not a main character. He was, he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Basically, he's still there, and he got, was taken down. Do you foresee, with your theories... Any character deaths? You think they just retire?
0: I think Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans both just—they're ready to move on to other things. So, so the contracts are up. Yeah, so. their contracts are up. I could see just both of those people—you know—but do you think they die? The characters die, or do you think they retire?
1: Um, because that's going to change how people see the movie, obviously.
0: So one theory I have seen is that, um, when Thanos punches Captain America in the side of the head, Captain America dies. Um, and so that when they turn back time back to the point before he gets all mm-hmm. stones and that's like the restart point, mm-hmm. Captain America is going to be dead. Interesting. So that's one theory I've seen. Mm-hmm. I could see something like that happening. Um, Now, as far as Robert Downey Jr. goes, who knows? I don't think there's any way Tony Stark ever stops being Iron Man. Especially after all the guilt he carries with him about being a weapons dealer for so long. I think he continues as long as he's alive. I think one of the two dies. Yeah, I think both of them die.
1: Um, One of the two, just because Marvel... While they don't like killing off characters, even though they did. I mean, I've gotten into arguments with people about this one. But Infinity War, that was the Thanos story.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he
1: wins. He gets it yeah. he gets his way Most those people die. And the next one is a sequel to that. Even though it says, yes, it's associated. That movie on its own, Thanos wins. Mm-hmm. So, but overall, you're expecting them to come back with well, one... Spider Man Far From Home, what, where's that taking place? When is that taking place? Because mm-hmm. that comes out later, and they moved it up by three days, the release uh, for 4th of July weekend. Nice. But um, <clears throat> Marvel does not have the history of, of killing off characters. And if you really want to make this movie about the end and how it's the culmination and the emotional attachment you have to characters, and it being the, the, a war to end all types of wars, you know, in the universe and everything. But he has to die, yeah, and it's not just the villain, no, because there, there are villains now that I've seen some other videos, I think it was Loop or something like that, had it. Um, where they've made it, Marvel's done a better job of keeping some villains alive for future introductions, you know, like, um, oh gosh, I just forgot his name, um, <laughs> Michael Keaton's character in Spider Man, oh
0: yeah, um, yeah, the Vulture, Vulture.
1: I mean, he's alive, yeah, I and mean, there's still there's potential for him to return, there's potential for others to return as well. So, I'm curious, but I do think one of them I want to say has to die. But needs to for the character arc as mm-hmm. well, for that sacrifice of that's how important this was.
0: They did a really good job making making Michael Keaton's character sympathetic as well. Like oh, you yeah, can understand. Yeah. Like now eventually he tells Peter Parker, like, I'll kill you and all of your family, I'll kill them dead. Yeah, now, then you. you're like, Okay, well I'll kill you, i kill you dead.
1: <laughs> Michael Keaton, man, what a turn what a, what a comeback he's gonna make in his career
0: too yeah. lately. <laughs> um I think it's a good opportunity to kind of do not necessarily like reboot the franchise of marvel or anything like that because obviously they're going to be continuing stories but i think um spider-man becomes more of a focal point oh absolutely then because like up until this point it's been basically iron man's the main character of all yeah, of this. and then cap kind of cap kind of, stories that
1: included other characters yeah
0: so i think it's going to focus a lot more on spider-man uh, Black Panther has been a hot franchise for them, so that's probably going to continue. Captain
1: Marvel's probably going to have other ones, even if they're throwbacks to adventures of how she's dealing with other planets. Yeah. And then Doctor Strange already has another one that's supposed to come out in yeah. some time. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, James Gunn is back. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's other characters. But yeah, I mean, the, the next phase of it, the next decade long
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> thing that'll take place to keep it going. Yeah. And then that's where you, again, can see a different Captain America introduced later on, a different Iron Man later mm-hmm. on, because they can take up the reins of these things if they are if they were able to and allowed to. So I'm very curious to see. I'm very curious to see some secondary characters as well. What happens with Pepper Potts? What happens with um, Shuri? Not saying she's secondary, but she doesn't have a main focus. Yeah. Interesting to see how some of these characters, because there's so many in mm-hmm. the Avengers universe here, That I want to just see some final closure in some of these characters. Just little things here and there to close up and wrap some things up. Because it is supposed to be the end of a storyline to begin the next one. Yeah. Which, where
0: are they going to go? What do you think the next thing they
1: tackle is? Um, Gosh, there's so many different things. Um, It wasn't the the, the Immortals one thing. I I think they've talked about that. There's other things, too. And then you have Disney streaming services where Hawkeye is supposed to be getting a series. Yeah. So, in terms of the cinematic universe, though... I'm not sure. There's so many characters that they can still introduce. There's still um, Adam Warlock from the the second Guardians um, that they still need to bring in because he was getting made, basically, um, at the very end of Guardians of Galaxy 2.
0: Okay.
1: So there's still him. There's still so many different things that they can go on with in the outside of Earth world as well. So that's where I think some things will get taken to is outside of Earth. but. I'm very excited and we're gonna be at the same theater and didn't even know it until we both purchased our tickets, right? Yeah. So you're you're what, a row behind us? Yeah. So seven o'clock and we're going to see it. Can't wait. I'm so pumped. And uh yeah, man.
0: Yeah. Well I think that about does it.
1: Absolutely. Hockey hockey Avengers. Yeah, hockey <laughs> hockey
0: Avengers. Um, one thing I was going to say, just to kind of cap it off, uh, I think it's really interesting the whole Marvel's been able to keep this thing up for so long, mm-hmm. and DC's never been able to do it, and uh, despite their best efforts. But um, uh, Star Wars, has said, they're not gonna like they're gonna be taking a break after this final movie. I mean,
1: I'm good with that.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I'm
1: good with that. I'm good with that. Yeah. You now that trailer though, for mm-hmm. the Rise of Skywalker, yeah. had me getting eggplants. <laughs> so i will say they did a very good job on that on that trailer um and then oh shazam i really enjoyed shazam yeah in terms of dc where they weren't trying to make it a universe they just kept it connected but very loosely and i liked it because they it didn't take itself seriously they had fun with it
0: yeah i felt it ve- felt very akin to the guardians of the galaxy movies where yes. they're kind of off on their own doing their own thing yes and could it be tied into those other things well yes, yes. Uh, but it's, it's its own thing. And that was great. Yeah. That's what DC, DC, maybe they're finally learning. One. Yeah. Bit. I've like, they all kind of tie into each other, but that's one thing I've really enjoyed. Cause I felt like that was that way. Um, into the spider verse was that way. That, yeah. Um, you know, this, you can tell a standalone uh, superhero movie and have it be great. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think they need to start doing more of that. Now, they did have the teasers at the end like I'm showing sure, how yeah. they can tie it in with the other That's stuff. That's um, uh, fun. Venom, that was another one. Oh, yeah. yeah it was fun. It was, yeah. fun. It was a yeah. bad movie, but it was fun. fun. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I mean, it was crazy to watch Iron Man 2 again today. And I always forget that Iron Man 1 and 2 took place before the first Avengers even did. And Iron Man 3 took place right after the first Avengers. So that Iron Man solo story was done near the very beginning yeah, of this entire decade. Yeah, and Iron Man kind of finished up the solo stories. He just involved in everybody else's.
0: Yeah, and it was like, okay, so we gave them Iron Man one, and they lo- we gave them Iron Man, and they loved it. So with the sequels, we need to give them twenty Iron Mans. Yeah, <laughs> and they're gonna eat it up.
1: And people did.
0: <laughs> and they did that in both of those movies, yeah. Iron Man two and <laughs> Iron Man three. There's like a million we're robots around, it. and then we're gonna have. Mark 40s. (laughs) 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 But all right. All right. Yeah, thank you for tuning in to Southern Hostility.